Welcome to the Business for Aligned Women podcast. I'm Honey. I'm a coach working primarily with women and specializing in aligned business, personal transformation and embodiment. Each week here I'll be sharing business strategy, business advice, tips and tools for you to think more deeply, for you to get more self-aligned and for you to start your week in the most conscious and intentional way possible. Today's episode is an interview with a beautiful client of mine, Adia Gurgani, and she is a UX and UI designer. If that is like, what the hell, she's going to explain all of that, don't worry. Adi is a gorgeous woman who has been in my periphery, in my community for quite a few years now, and she's worked with me in loads of different formats. And now she has decided to work as a business coaching client. We finished up a few weeks ago together, and she is a one of the clients that I manifested. So I manifest particular clients. I have a list of people that I want to work with and they are people who I admire, people who I think that their work is just absolutely next level and people who I know are really good humans and we would get along really well and people that I aspire towards and that I know that I could really help them. And because I admire them so much, I really want to help them, (laughs) which is why I actively manifest working with these clients. And so Addy was a client that I manifested and we worked together for 10 weeks. And I can't wait for you to hear her interview because her work is really different from anything that Anyone who's like a practitioner or in the wellness space, which is a large amount of my audience, it's really different from what you have probably been thinking about or even considering in your business, yet it's very, very important. And I also think if you are a business owner and you've been doing everything right, but it's not working, looking at UX and UI might be the key to fix things and make things be much more successful. So she'll explain what it is and why it's beneficial for you. But I do hope that you go and check out her work. Her Instagram and her graphic design is just absolutely stunning. And her work is really interesting and she's developing a suite of products. I know that she's got templates for websites and she has a website audit and she also works with people in a really bespoke way. So she's got a really beautiful suite of offers for you to tune into. And she has also shared in this episode a free resource. I'll link that in the show notes. I'll be linking all of her details in the show notes for you to check out. But I hope you enjoy this conversation. She is just a glorious human being, and I can't wait for you to connect with her. Adia, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, honey. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited for our conversation today. And I want to say hello to everyone who's listening to this podcast. My name is Adia Gurgani. People call me Adi. And I run a design business called Quantuma Studio with a background in UX, UI, and digital product design principles. I started my journey as a self-taught designer around eight years ago in Dubai. That's where I grew up. And I have been in love with it from the moment I learned from this field. 
I've had the privilege to be working with such amazing global brands, starting from Apple, Accenture, to agencies, local Australian brands and businesses. So through this entire career experience of mine, I learned the best practices in design from a behavioral, creative, and analytical point of view. Currently, I'm based in Melbourne, and I have been running my design business full-time since April this year, helping other business owners achieve their goals by serving their customers and clients better through the human-centered design methodologies. Mm, amazing. So many words that we're going to have to dive into. <laughs> that was a long intro. <laughs> no, not at all. And yeah, as I said in the intro, you know, we're talking tech, we're getting serious here. We're talking about all of the stuff that the majority of my clients and my community generally avoid. And Addie's going to help us understand a little bit more about it because her work is really, really important. You said that you originally self-taught yourself as design and you're a graphic designer as well, aren't you? Um, yeah, that's I'm more like a UX UI designer first because that's where it all started. And I dived into graphic design a little bit as well as a side thing, a hobby to complement my work. I think it's important for people to know that too because you kind of get the visuals and everything as well and the importance of aesthetics in business. You said that you left your day job and you've gone out on your own since April. So that's just a few months really. Why did you decide to do that? I started thinking about the idea of running my own business. I come from an entrepreneurial household where my dad, grandfather, and uncles were running their own businesses. And for some reason, because as a designer, I had this limiting belief of a starving artist mindset. I never thought I could make it as a business on my own. Up until two years ago, I saw my partner, who was my colleague at the time, started running his own business, became successful. And witnessing that from third person, I realized that I can actually do that as well. So it encouraged me, but it took me a little while to work on my own limiting beliefs. And early this year, I was in a point where I was like, okay, I feel like I'm ready to, um, you know, let go of being like an employee. I really want to have more flexibility and freedom and uh, all the amazing skills that I've learned, I can, you know, adapt and, and help my own clients to achieve better results and have more impact in businesses on my own. So that's how the inspiration or the idea or more of being serious about this path came through. And by February, as I was planning to kind of like save up and, you know, slowly leave my job, my company announced layoffs of about 800 people. And I took it as a sign. And even though I was offered to stay in the company, I took the redundancy package and I was like, okay, I'm actually ready to jump off the cliff. So it's been nearly five months since I've been running my own business now and I've been loving it. Mm, so cool. And you said that you had a lot of limiting beliefs and I do see in most of my clients, and I know it's in my community, that women have a very restricted and limited sense of what's possible for them. Mm-hmm. But like it's 2023, guys, like <laughs> you can do whatever you want. Maybe you're not going to become an astronaut in your 30s. All right, fair enough. But the possibilities are really vast when it comes to making money and having a fulfilling career that you enjoy. I don't know if it's one of your values. I can't remember, but I feel like 
you personally, like your identity really, it feels to me like you're luxurious, you're spacious, you're graceful, and you're someone who knows what they want and wants to do what they want. And I could just see how being an employee wouldn't align with that. Yeah, 100%. I I felt like I felt very restricted because I have this kind of holistic lifestyle and working in a nine to five was really conflicting with that spaciousness that I wanted. And also people that I was surrounded by, even though they were the smartest people, but I'm very you know introvert and I love my own company doing things on my own and have one-on-one relationship with clients. So I found it a little bit also conflicting with what I really wanted. Mm. And now you're building the life that's going to give you everything that you want. And that's something I'm grateful for every day. Every day when I do my gratitude practice, I will be strange for me to not write down. I'm so grateful that I built this life. Yeah. So primarily you're a UX and UI designer. That concept is probably very new to a lot of my audience. So can you explain what that actually is? Yeah, of course. At its core, UX stands for user experience, and it's about ensuring that when a person interacts with a product, whether that product is a website, a mobile application, or software, The experience is smooth, intuitive, and delightful. It's about understanding the user's needs, behaviors, and expectations, then designing the product around that, that addresses those aspects. And UI stands for user interface. On the other hand, it's part of the user experience, and it deals with the visual and interactive elements of the product. UI designers work to make the interface visually appealing and user-friendly. Think about buttons, icons, color, the structure of the content, typography. It's a little bit similar to graphic design, but this is more dynamic and it makes the interface both aesthetically pleasing and functional at the same time. Also things like the interaction and animation of the things as well. So as an analogy, I think of UX as the blueprint and the structure of a house, whereas UI is the interior design that makes the space inviting and comfortable. So both of them are essential and they work hand in hand to create a product that users love to engage with. Mm, I love that analogy. That's so helpful. And I'm going to be really basic here because I think our audience probably needs that a little bit. You know, a lot of my community are probably putting a ton of effort into marketing materials and content. But if what happens when people go on their website or the checkout process is janky and difficult, all of that marketing material means nothing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that creates a lot of friction because it's sort of a very psychological thing that it reduces the trust of users and they drop out and they're like, it's not working and they never come back. Mm, And because I come from a fine art background and I was an artist, so one thing that I bring to working with clients is I have an awareness of, and this might be a totally new concept to a lot of people, but what the eye actually does. And I think what the eye actually does is in your physical eye that you see with would then lead the actions that you take on a website. But I think a lot of people aren't even aware that our eyes do specific things. (laughs) 
and our eyes are drawn to different parts of websites or different images or different colors. And that's the very first basic part of what you do. And then you just go way deeper with it. Yeah, absolutely. And you can always look into the data or the bounce rate or which pages. And at some point at UX design, we have these heat maps. If you really want to like do research and with these heat maps, we're able to see the areas where people's eyes have looked at the most or where they click the most. And that gives you a lot of indication of how people are interacting. If there is any sort of areas you can either improve or you can take away as a good, like better practice. Yeah, so the heat maps are tracking the cursor, aren't they? Yeah, the cursor or at some point if we're like doing usability testing with users, there's cameras that are tracking people's eyes. Oh my God. (laughs) But that's in there. They've consented to that, haven't they? Yeah. Yeah. Good. Hopefully the camera's not tracking my eyes. It's done in a UX lab, which is like very in-depth, like scientific part of UX. Yeah, wonderful, good. And moving into our next question, and we chatted about it a little bit then, but something that I constantly have to force feed to my clients is keep it simple, stupid in terms of, and for anyone who's outside of Australia, that's an Australian phrase. I'm not calling anyone stupid. Kiss, keep it simple, stupid, because people don't understand. I see it all the time. If you're making your client your potential client or potential customer jump through a ton of hoops before they can commit they will just drop off mm-hmm. so tell me if I'm wrong but UX and UI help streamline all of that yeah 100% it's about simplifying that user journey to interact with that service or the website that you're having and getting rid of of anything that is just aesthetic and like fluffy that doesn't add any value to the experience of the user. It's about functionality over aesthetics first. Mm, Anything distracting. So we've touched on a little bit, but from your perspectives and knowing that this is an audience of either business owners or aspiring business owners, why should businesses, business owners actually care about UX and UI? Hmm. Great question. The reason why business owners should care about the UX, UI, or it's good to have a good understanding of that is because it directly, it directly impacts their bottom line and the success of their brand or eventually the success of their business. First and foremost, a well-centered user experience means happy customers. When your customers enjoy interacting with your product or service, when it's easy to navigate, when they can find the information easily, when it's visually appealing and it meets their need and they can achieve what they want, they're more likely to stick around and make repeat purchase or visit often and become brand advocates and loyal customers. The bottom line is when a well-designed UX UI can lead to higher conversion rates. So when users find it easy to complete tasks such as making a purchase, signing up for a service, or even just navigating through information, they're more likely to follow through and this translate directly into increased like leads, sales, revenue, inquiries. You can say it's more about the results for the business and also results for the customers and it's beyond the aesthetics. <laughs> Mm, it's actually affecting if business has got to the point where everything looks relatively good, they know what they're doing, they know who they're for, they know what their offer is, 
but they need to really scale and go to that next level, this is where UX and UI comes in. And for some people from the very beginning. Yes, absolutely. Correct. And just so that the audience is clear, because I know a lot of this will be really new to people, can you just clearly explain why graphic design is one thing and UX and UI are something different? Well, on a high level, both UX, UX, UI design and graphic design are integral to crafting exceptional digital experiences, but they both focus on different aspects of design. Each one of them have their own unique purpose. So graphic design primarily, as everyone knows, it deals with visual communication like logos, posters, marketing materials that convey a brand's message, values, and aesthetics. UI design, on the other hand, is all about creating functional and user-centered digital experiences. So user experience design is concerned with understanding user behaviors, their needs, their pain points. And UX designers usually map out user journeys, creating design experiences and interaction that ensures a product structure and flow align with the user's goal and their needs. In essence, they focus more on making the product useful and easy to navigate. So graphic design usually caters to static visuals that convey a brand's identity and messaging, while UX UI design revolves around creating dynamic, interactive, and user-centric digital experiences. As an example, think of a website. A graphic designer would work on crafting a visually stunning layout, choosing the right color palette to evoke the brand's emotions, and designing captivating imagery that aligns with the brand's identity. While user UX UI designer would dive into understanding the target audience, how they navigate the website, what actions they need to take, and what might frustrate them. So the UX UI designer might map out the user journey, ensuring that the site structure is logical and intuitive. Intuitive means like they can find their way around the website easily. And the UI designer would also focus on the buttons, the menu appear, the, the animation, ensuring that the design is consistent across all pages and it's cohesive. Both designers collaborate to create a website that not only looks beautiful, but also functions seamlessly and addresses people's or users' need effectively. Yeah, that's great. And I, you know, as myself, I've had a graphic designer create a template for my website and then I'm doing all of the kind of, you know, populating it and filling it out. And that intuitive design aspect of like what do people actually do what makes sense is it easy to navigate when you're the business owner and you're in the business it's incredibly difficult to know that and you know I might do something that I think is really straightforward but then I'll have people email me going I can't find this thing so while you know we might feel good about it or we might feel like we're going okay Often, same with graphics, like we're just too close to the business. Yeah. Yeah. And I believe that graphic designers would benefit a lot by understanding the foundation of UX, UI. They have a lot of parallels in between each other, but it really helps them to find more empathy for their clients, target audience as well, and and test things out before launching it out to the 
to the market. Yeah, and not just focusing on how it looks or even I feel like because I've I've worked with a lot of designers both when I was working for other people and myself and I think sometimes graphic designers can get stuck on what they want to do and what they like and what they think is cool or whatever but it might not necessarily be actually helpful in terms of how people interact. Yeah, graphic design is all about the aesthetics and beauty and like what it looks externally, whereas the back end is all about the data and finding empathy for people who are going to interact with those visuals and, and their creation. Hmm. We're going to move into talking about beauty for a moment. Remind me, is beauty one of your personal values? Yes, beauty and wellness. Yes, love it. We're talking about hiring designers and why this is important. And I am constantly in conversations with my clients and it's this push and pull where I'm trying to convince them to invest in especially better branding. You know, your content across all of your platforms and your web design is really beautiful, really stunning. Can you talk personally and thinking about the fact that beauty is one of your highest personal values about the importance of having aesthetically pleasing content and branding for a business from your perspective? That was a long question. Thank you. Yeah, I would say it always, like the beauty and aesthetics is important. However, it like beneath that always from my philosophy and my experience always comes down to the customer and client experience and their needs or expectation with what your business is offering. So the the DIY approach often falls short of capturing that essence. I think the beauty should not be the first stage of the design. So while it may seem like cost effective initially to DIY everything, it can lead to inconsistencies, confusion and missed opportunities. And a well-designed branding or a website or whatever that revolves around brand design with cohesive visuals and compelling content draws visitors in and keep them more engaged. So it also adds up to the credibility of the brand. And it also creates an immersive experience that resonates with your audience and compels them to explore further. So in the long run, it saves you or it saves the businesses a lot of time and money as well. Mm. yeah establishing that credibility that professionalism and yeah it just makes people feel safer which is something I'm always thinking about in my business too yeah a lot of people think just having one logo or like color palette is enough but (laughs) it goes way beyond that and those things are just the very small pieces of the puzzle let's move on to talking a bit more about business and our time together I feel like it's fair to say that you stepping out, even though you've got that entrepreneurial heritage, that you as a woman and with your cultural background, stepping out by yourself to be in your own business and also consistently showing up online has been a pretty big deal. I'd love for you to talk about, you know, that process in hopes to expand any other women who are working through the similar issues and maybe also come from the same cultural background. Yeah, absolutely. It's something that I'm still navigating and working on. I come from a traditional culture where growing up, I was surrounded by a lot of like strong and nurturing women, but they were not financially independent. And I was blessed to have a dad that was working hard and providing for the family, the security and financial security. 
as a child. However, as a female, I knew that the future that I wanted for myself was way different than what I was expected to have. So from early on, I knew that I wanted to be independent and live on my own because I love having a sense of freedom that whether it's cultural or financial or even political. So from my own perspective, it was very challenging at the time because it just a lot of fear of like judgment or what people think comes through. And it's an ongoing work for me personally to work on. And but also having worked with you, it has given me so much also confidence to get out of that my shell and like share more of my work and more like my gift to the world. And also I make sure that I research about running how to run a business. I listen to podcasts. I'm also like a big fan of your podcast. I always listen to the Monday nuggets that you share about business. And I also surround myself with other business owners to make my nervous system and my mindset shift towards the person that I want to become. This is an ongoing journey for me. It's forever expanding, but I feel like I will get there. I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting so much better than like how I used to be compared to a year ago or two years ago. Yeah, I think you're doing fabulously. And I also want to acknowledge that it doesn't matter what cultural background people have. We live in a patriarchal society. And that means that when women take up space, we can be conditioned to feel funny about that, even ourselves as women. And it's a big thing that I have to work through with my clients. Yeah, 100%. That's that sometimes is scary to stand out and really take up the room, as you say. But I think at the end of the day, like no one really cares. Like no one is there to really want to take us down. If there are anyone, it's just a reflection of their own, you know, personality. Yeah, their own state of their life. And yeah, that's so important. No one cares as much as you care. And I was talking to a client about this yesterday. You know, if showing up online consistently is the one thing that is between you and this life that you really desperately want come on it's not a brain surgery (laughs) sometimes we just have to do these things and I always just think of it as part of our job just part of our job yeah yeah it's just the expansion is on the other side of our fear and It also reminds me of this book, The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield, where he says that when you're expanding and growing, you have also so many sort of different resistance coming your way. You're thinking you kind of like either try to procrastinate or even have this fear of like showing up and you start to just judge yourself constantly. But the solution is always to take action and self-validate yourself and don't wait for the external to validate you. And that book, I've had that on my Kindle for a while. I haven't read it. I've been thinking about adding it to the pre-reading for coaching with me because I've just heard so much about it and especially that resistance part. So maybe I will get onto it and add it on there. Do you think it would be helpful prior to coaching? Yeah, I think it it really complements the other works that you have told them to read the, around business and marketing, which I found them very valuable. Yeah, it's more about encouragement and how to get out of that inner resistance. So I think it would be a great addition. Yeah, cool. So one really expansive and confidence boosting moment that we had when we were working together 
was when we started work, it might have even been like week one or week two, you had sent a $10,000 fee proposal and you were really nervous about it. And you were even considering possibly offering a discount. And I was like, no, 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 hold your ground and see what happens. And we'll collect the data from that experience and we'll pivot if we need to. And then by our last week of 10 weeks together, you were sending $20,000 proposals and it was like, whatever, water off a duck's back. So Mm -hmm. what changed and how, you know, tell us a bit about working through that scarcity mindset. Yeah. Oh, before giving that first high ticket proposal that I sent through, I was sharing, like I was sending over some proposal to other potential clients at the time that they were turning it down. And I was feeling so frustrated that at some point I was offering way more discount that I would want to. And even then they would be like, oh, I'm so sorry, I can't afford it. And whilst I understand, but it was very frustrating at the time. But when I got this other new client that I was sending the proposal for Uh, 15k for 15,000 and I was so scared to even say the number to you because I'm like oh my god I was like this is a big number and even told you I don't think the client has the budget for it and uh, you said something along the lines that 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 I shouldn't limit the client's budget like I shouldn't decide for them (laughs) and that was a turning point and shift in mindset and they ended up signing up and it was really like confidence boosting experience for me And I learned a lot from that. And also with the other client that I signed up for $20,000 was a similar case. But this time I felt like my nervous system was a lot calmer and I was feeling more confident because I knew what I'm offering and how I can really impact their business and deliver the result that they wanted. Um, It was a lot easier for me to communicate that and run them through the proposal and answer if any questions they had or any sort of like doubts. And I think that also created a lot of transparency and and trust in them in in my skills as well. And I think the scarcity in mindset sometimes, especially for people in the creative field, comes from like maybe aside from uh, in addition to the starving artist mindset, but also the lack of understanding our clients' needs, which goes beyond the design task that they are asking us for not having clarity around the end result for the client, what transformation they want. Because when the client wants to come for us, it's not necessarily the website that they want to be done. It's the end result is that they want their business to grow or they want to get enough sales, more sales or get a lot of inquiries. So understanding those business aspects is part of my job as the UX designer to understand and help my clients to also understand and get clarity on so that kind of creates connection and understanding and I also start to care more for their business to succeed I I don't do just the design work and just goodbye it's like I provide that holistic service for them as well and also lastly I think not upskilling and not learning tools or information that could help you know the the help their business to grow and become better business owners as designers and I feel a lot of our designers just approach work uh, kind of like freelance mindset is hourly based that's how you you will be treated by your clients but if you know what transformation you're providing and understanding business skills it's going to be very beneficial so also having work with you and telling you about my limiting belief and dismantling them and kind of 
changing those my mindset around that has helped me so it shows <laughs> yeah and it's interesting you say I do think a big part of that confidence was also our work just getting you super clear on like what your business does who for why what are the outcomes what are you helping people with and it's interesting that you say that thing about the designers and the hourly rate etc and not knowing or not really understanding what their client needs because I'm right now going through a process of getting fee proposals from designers to potentially up level my branding and I'm it's been such an interesting process I have a really specific objective and not a difficult objective it actually would be the simplest objective for a graphic designer but the people that I'm talking to they're just really failing to show me that they're able to achieve that objective and if you can't show me that I'm not gonna sign with you and I if they're not even thinking like oh no she doesn't necessarily want a new website but she she really wants to make sure that her branding is really cohesive across all platforms I need to show her that I can do that it's been a really eye-opening process yeah yeah, it's really interesting to see that. Yeah, I wish all the designers or, you know, get coaching with you understand because most of designers don't have that business understanding or giving that reassurance to their clients that they can get what they want. So we chatted a little bit then about your experience with coaching with me and you just finished up at the start of this month. How was your experience with coaching with me? And I'd love to hear some of your highlights if you have any. Yeah. Oh, when I reached out to you, I've been a follower of your work for years. I always had this connection towards you and I have taken courses before with you. So I knew you had a lot of great integrity in your work and what you're offering. And I think I was at a point when I started to go full-time in my own business. I felt very lost and I felt like like really run down, overstimulated. I was just doing everything that I thought was right and not get any answers. So eventually when I was seeing some of your one-on-one business offering, I felt very like I had a ping to reach out and say, hey, I'm interested, but I don't know what course I want. And I was also a little bit hesitant, not because I wasn't believing in your work, but also I've had like other coaching experiences before that wasn't really helping me what I wanted. I really wanted someone to handhold me through this process of my business and helping me with getting clarity. So I just knew when after speaking with you and asking you a question, I felt like, okay, it really, I feel ready to invest and having one-on-one coaching. And it was a great decision. I've been able to expand so much beyond what I was expecting. So when we first started, you said that you want me to listen to three audiobooks about business and marketing, which was kind of new to me to hear from a coach because I had this kind of like a specific idea of coaches because I, I thought it's always just going to be like just mindset shift and like affirmations but no it was like real serious stuff and it was very practical things and I really love that you created a roadmap which helped like keeping me accountable and uh, do homeworks and have our weekly catch-ups to work around things anything that comes up and you providing me with more tips and guidance and also sharing with me the tools and software that could help me create better content and 
um, minimize a lot of like manual work, which that's what I really needed. And also having clear strategy in terms of content creation, because that was something I was struggling with. I was like, I don't know what to create. I feel like I sound like everyone. And I'm just like copying what others do in terms of like the vibes. And I felt like I'm just losing my identity. But this really helped me to be more clear of what I want to share. Oh, the other big high, biggest highlight that I really loved is the weekly schedule that you put together for me. We like I have the schedule for like the weekly, monthly, quarterly, and yearly. And I really love the weekly schedule because I have clear idea of what I need to do in day-to-day. And I don't feel overwhelmed because before that, I used to have like like a to-do list of 10 things to do every day, the same thing. And I felt like I wasn't getting anywhere. (laughs) But now I just know what days I can focus on client work, what day I can focus on my own business. And it's just so much easier to manage things and not get too overwhelmed. Yeah, overall, it felt like I, during this 10 week, which went by so fast, I feel like I learned so much more than I could potentially learn on my own in two years with a a lot of trials and errors. So it was very sustainable. It was expensive to be guided by another female business owner who embodies a holistic lifestyle whilst running a successful business. So definitely you're an expander and as someone I look up to. So I'm, I'm really grateful that I was able to invest and yeah, have this coaching experience with you. Yeah, I love hearing all that, stroking my ego. <laughs> I love it. Thank you. And I think the schedule thing's really interesting because I've been explaining it to a few people lately and a lot of people don't know much about productivity science. And because I used to manage teams in the design industry, I know quite a lot about it. And if you are jumping from task to task, so say you've got 10 tasks in a day, Every time you switch, you lose productivity, you lose your optimal productivity, like you're operating at 40%, I think, for 20 minutes. So if you are switching, looking at your phone, looking at emails, doing the project that you're working on, create some content back and forth, you are probably operating at your 40% rate constantly. And that means that you are never getting as much done as you know you're capable of. It's probably giving you low self-esteem. You're probably feeling burnt out. And it's a simple trick that will have like the most beneficial flow and effect to every other part of your business. Yeah, it's crazy. It's amazing. I know you when you told me that and that's when I stopped checking my Instagram all the time because I was like, oh my God, like literally makes sense. I'm not making any progress. So when I got three weeks off, social media was such a great game changer. I felt even during that time, I was able to attract clients when I was not doing much. And I was like trying to, you know, tend to my own like energy and nervous system and also like do things that really help business than just like posting something random yeah and that I do the majority of my clients I do suggest that they do a digital detox and yeah it's nervous system reset but it's also just because we get so clogged by other people's content and other people's ideas and we're like oh it's such a great idea I should do that and a lot of people also use this really actually quite dumb excuse of I'm looking for inspiration 
It's never going to inspire you. It's going to only clog your channels of inspiration. Inspiration and good ideas come from stepping away and having what I call open space creative thinking time. And it's crazy how powerful taking a break from consuming other people's content can be. And I wanted to also address, you mentioned like that it was really cool for you that we were being serious and you were reading serious books. And I think that's so important to address that, yeah, my work isn't woo-woo. It's not affirmations. It's not just mindset. It's in there, but it's not a big part of it. And I want my female business owner clients to take themselves seriously and take their work seriously. And reading those big hefty books is part of that. Yeah, 100%. Those books are great. And I feel one of the things that stood out from reading those books, what is the purpose of business? And I was like, I don't know, because I was like providing some sort of like free stuff for my clients. And then the the book said it's it's about making profit and it's, you know, getting paid for the work you do. And it's not something that you should be doing just for free and not like this is a serious business and you need to take it serious and treat it that way. Yeah, that definition of a business is a funny one. And myself personally, I've had business coaches who didn't believe in that definition of a business and we can have our own ways of interpreting things, but a, a clinical definition is a definition. And if you're never focusing on profit, you don't actually have a business. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. So lucky last question about me. Do you have any wise words for anyone who's on the fence about starting business coaching? I would say don't overthink it. Just do it. Sometimes as female business owners, it feels like we can just do it all. And some of us don't even take our businesses seriously. And we treat it just like a hobby or do the work here and there, sometimes for free. And having a coach that keeps you accountable helps you to become better at running a business. And it will definitely get you the return on investment in so many ways that is not just financial. Also working with Honey, like Honey caters for your individual needs in your business. So it's not like one size fits all solution. And I would definitely reinvest in myself again in this one-on-one coaching in the future because I just feel like I get so much out of it. So yeah, don't miss out. And I think it's really true for both of our offers and our professions that, as you said, you know, women business owners can kind of try to do it all themselves. And it's really important to recognize where your expertise ends and someone else's begins. And it's like, I can't do the UX on my website. It doesn't matter how many blogs I read, I will not be able to do it anywhere near your standard and if someone is running a business but that's not their expertise or it's not their interest get someone get the expert in to do it yeah that makes sense it's logical like it's very common sense we're not skilled a lot of us to run a business so we need someone who's skilled who has been on the path to guide us and give us good tips and recommendation and yeah get us there where we want to be you're in your first year of business. You've got a baby business. Technically, it's doing really well. I can see that it's just going to keep doing way better. I think it's going to do way better than you ever imagined. What are you excited about over the next few years in your business? 
I am excited about creating more products and design templates that can enhance the business of my clients and empower them to run their business more confidently and attract more customers through their digital product, whether it's a website or mobile apps. And it would be nice to, I'm thinking like as we discuss in our coaching sessions, to run more of design seminars and offer human-centered design products and collaborate with other creatives, especially in different fields of design that, you know, it revolves around like AI and voice. And these are the things that is going to soon, you know, just overtake everything. So just being aware of that on top of that is some of my goals. So Another question of your advice, what would you say to any other women who are on the fence about starting their own business and quitting their day job? I definitely encourage every woman to start their own business. The first thing is to be clear about your personal goals, your financial goals, knowing your numbers, understanding budgeting. I think financial literacy is so important, especially for us women and surrounding yourself with business owners that expand you and elevate you is very important and also upskilling because upskilling is helps us feel more confident in what we do also investing in a business coach early on at some point in the business is highly important and I love that know your numbers the vast majority of my clients are so allergic to even consistently just every month looking at what's going on financially it's one of the biggest things that will hold people back and it's really crazy because it's less scary to know where things are at rather than having like a doom complex about where things might be (laughs) but yeah I think it all comes also from a bit of lack of self-worth and a bit of lack of education so I would love to know I know all of my clients, you offer at a minimum a website audit, and then you offer more bespoke design practices for people and their businesses. I know pretty much all of my clients would benefit from at a minimum doing the website audit. Can you tell us a little bit about that offer? Yeah, definitely. I provide website audits for business owners who don't want to do a whole website redesign or they're happy with the look and feel of their website, but they still want to improve the overall experience and conversion and want to need to get a personalized tips and recommendation. So I usually provide that in a report with some design and technical tips with an option to upgrade if they want me to apply those edits for them. I also have A free checklist on Notion for anyone who's interested to improve their website user experience with the foundational practices on their own. It's free and they can download it on my website as well. Yes, that reminds me I need to go through it. I forgot about that. (laughs) One of the things on the never-ending list. So where can people find you? I'm available on my website, quantumstudio.com and my Instagram, quantumstudio. This is where people can reach out to me. Wonderful. I will link them in the show notes. Thank you so much for your time, Addie. And I feel like this will be really interesting and expansive and probably a little bit mind-blowing for a lot of the audience. <laughs> Thank you so much, Annie, for this amazing opportunity experience and amazing work you do as well. And yeah, thank you so much. Thank you.